I'm Hannah. I'm Jen. And this is Midnight Nonsense. Hi. Hi. Good evening. It's like I haven't spent all day with you. Awkward. (laughs) Are you stalking me? uh, Just a little bit. I know where you sleep. That's also weird. Well, you know where I sleep. I'm going to cut this whole portion. No. Just right <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What have we been up to this week, Jen? Well, we might as well get it out of the way, yes. first and foremost. Yes, please. There was a Cooter Gate. Yes, we experienced Cooter Gate 2K17. I was about to say 16. <laughs> you don't know what year it is. No, I never do. So I don't know, Hannah, I don't know what the, time it is. Where are we? What is this? I actually don't know what day it is because... It's Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> Hannah... Okay. Okay, I will, I, will, I will explain. I have invented a really annoying game where... Very annoying. It's so annoying, but it's also really fun. That when someone is distracted, you just quickly stick your hand up the person's shirt sleeve. And I would do it now to Jen, but I think she would scream and we don't want to peek the mic. Anyway... You just do it, and you go, up your sleeve. And anytime, anytime. Like if they're wearing a t-shirt. It's very normal. Right. You just touch their upper arm. You just, whoop, up your sleeve. Normal. So, this is what the game is, but you decided to take it one step further and be really, really, um, I don't even know what the word is. Okay, so here's Irreverent. what happened. Here's what happened. I was sitting on the floor, Hannah was standing above me. She was being extremely annoying. I don't even remember what I was doing, to be honest. Probably poking you or something. But I definitely, like, slipped my hand... Up my shorts. <laughs> and that sounds so weird and gross. It wasn't like that. You were doing up your sleeve, except it was my shorts leg, and you just went a little bit further than you intended to and got to third base with me. <laughs> really, I just touched her thigh. We've been calling it cooter game. Yeah, we've been calling it cooter No, you didn't actually touch I'm any so part of my vagina. I'm so worried about this being on the internet, that we're going to be looking at grad schools, and they're going to Google one of... They're going to Google my name and be like, who's this essayist? And be like, she... Cootergate. She, she's the Cootergate girl. That's who she is. We cannot let her into our grad school. Well, it'll be okay. Just right. don't don't let anyone know that that's you. <laughs> Maybe we'll use pseudonyms on this. Maybe we won't use my real last name. There you go. Okay. Okay. Great. But the point is, we are very good friends now. I, it was, I, yep. I don't really have anything to say it in happened. my defense. So like, I was intending to hit, like, just your knee, like, which is funny because my shorts are more above okay, my knee. Okay, but I was thinking like your upper knee, like the, your knee is this part here. There's the place above it though. That's not your knee. That's above your knee. Okay, but that's what I was aiming for. But and then it just, just whoop, it just <laughs> and I got a I got a whole bunch of thigh all the way in. Just okay. <laughs> no, 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 not that. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> Sleeve. Don't play up your sleeve is the lesson we don't, have learned. Don't play up your sleeve. <laughs> and we have been bringing this up every 15 minutes. Remember the time you grabbed my cooter. Okay, but there's also a another story. It's not nearly as bad, but I'm going to try to make it equivalent that Hannah killed one of my plants. I did not kill one of your plants. You did, and I was already really sad that I day. did not kill one of your plants. And the then vacuum she cleaner fell on your plant. Dropped the vacuum. I didn't. I thought it was secure. And what's worse is the plant is named Moana. So Hannah killed Moana. This is just going to be titled, Two Idiots Argue About Non-Consequential Things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That sounds... Your plant's not dead, though. Okay. It's not dead. It lost its new growth. It but lost, it's not, like, half of its It's not de- uh, death. It's not death. <laughs> <laughs> the plant does not death. embody death. That's like a Terry Pratchett novel. That'd be quite good. That would be good. Um, I was going to say... On terms of like cooters and such, you have now coined the term vajaj, which is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Listen, it's summer and I just, I'm going a little out of my mind and maybe I, yeah, I said that. You said vajaj. I did. And then you're like, I will vajudge you. (laughs) Basically, there's a lot of talk about vaginas in this house, <gasps> which, which makes sense. surprises no one. Three feminists live here, so yeah. It's a... Although I would say that our talks about vaginas are not like 
inherently feminist. They're just three women talking about vaginas. Okay, but isn't, like, a woman feeling free to talk about her vagina and not feel like that's shameful? Isn't that part of feminism? Yeah, I suppose that's true. Because remember in um, Fried Green Tomatoes, when she goes to the the feminist group and they give her mirrors so that oh, like they can you have like, to look at your vagina yeah because they're so scared of them yeah so like uh, i just i'm not disagreeing with you i just can i make this like a i'm not a weirdo this is like a feminist triumph and that's why i said vajaj no i don't think it's that weird anyway like i think it's fine that we're all comfortable enough to talk about vaginas or Great. Well, I'm judges or cooters or whatever you call it. I'm just scared about grad school. So <laughs> you're scared about grad school anyway. Vaginas have nothing to do with that. Yeah, grad school is just a perpetual terror hanging over my head. <laughs> just a nonstop fear scapade. You should just not go for a year. No, but that would be worse. Then no. what do I do for a year? Get a job. No, see for a writer, that's terror. <laughs> oh, I just said writers don't want jobs. Man, I'm not you're, doing you're so doing, hot. You're doing not, great. I apologize. I stand for no communities. Well, no. Like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I stand for no communities. <laughs> I just stand for me. Well, that makes sense because you were taking that personality test last night and they were like, who are you walking with in the woods? And you were walking with yourself. <laughs> and that apparently was the most important person in your life. Yeah, if it makes you feel better, I was also walking with myself. And then there was like a pond... No, there was a body of water. Okay, there was a body of water. Mine was a pond. And it was, like, significant of how great your interest was for love. Love. But then how wet you got getting across the body of water was, like, how much effort you were willing to put into it. And mm-hmm. I totally took a boat <laughs> to stay very dry. My body of water was an ocean. Oh, my. Which seems like that would mean I have a great desire for love. Um, but what I did was look at it. <laughs> It. I was just that like, no, sounds I'm about sit, right. Gonna sit down on the beach and look at it. That sounds that sounds appropriate for you. <laughs> but I also think okay, I think this test is kind of flawed because, like, for example, you love the ocean. I do. So I'm not surprised that if asked to conjure a body of water, you came up with an ocean. Right. But I wouldn't swim in the ocean because I have a healthy respect for what lives in there. Well, that and is they... kind of how you approach love, too. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe it is true. Oceans. Vaginas, love. <laughs> Yikes! Welcome to. Oh, shit. This is like a, a particularly weird episode thus far. Yeah. We're just. We're waiting. We do have something planned for this episode. We though. do, in a rare moment of planning. Because normally we just get on here and this is pure freestyle. Also known as bullshit. Just a lot of bullshit. We're back, back on the bullshit. Never left it. Anyway. Never get off that bullshit. Where did that meme come from? I I don't know, actually. I don't know, but bless it. Yeah. Honestly. Bless it. We should figure out the origins. Anyway, yeah, so in a different episode, I don't remember which one now, doesn't matter, we were talking about characters that we really, really loved, and you called them characters you can put in your pocket. Right. Or that you keep in your pockets. So I thought it would be fun to kind of talk about those characters that we have, that we keep in our pockets, or as I said, in a filing cabinet. Yeah, in, you keep in them a in a filing cabinet. I have a dossier of each character I love. Whereas that much. I have like a little cabin that they live in. That's because like I still cottage. want. I still want them to be free to live their their fictional lives. No, I don't want anyone to be free. <laughs> I control the universe. <laughs> well, they live with me. Well, okay, but as you will see, a lot of the characters, <clears throat> as you will see, a lot of the characters that live in my pockets are sad. So taking them out of their sad lives is probably merciful. Okay. Yeah, mine are just like, here they are. I love them for what they're doing. Keep doing it. Okay, so will you give me your first? Yes. (laughs) Who's your first character? I feel like you already know who this is. The first character I have down is Daryl Dixon from The Walking Dead. Oh. Yeah, because we've been rewatching The Walking Dead, and I just forgot how much I love... Daryl's arc like he just starts out he's not actually even that much of an asshole in the beginning he's just very he's kind of been taught to be an asshole yeah he's very gruff yeah and as the show builds he kind of like gets to start over and there's nothing more nothing more better (laughs) (laughs) Woo! um there's nothing more beautiful actually than a character who has been taught so many wrong things 
and manages to rise above that and become a better person. And mm-hmm. that's constantly what Daryl's doing. And I would argue he even is probably more moral than Rick is at times. I would totally agree. Because, like, I don't think you're ever going to see Daryl rip out a guy's throat. Right. <laughs> but uh, Rick has no problem doing it. I actually it. think Daryl's more tender, too. Daryl uh, is more tender. Like, his whole thing in the first two seasons is finding a girl that's been lost. He doesn't have any attachment to her, but I think he sees himself in her a little bit because he was this lost kid running around and all he wanted was a friend or someone to be nice to him because he had an abusive father, a non-existent mother. I think she died and like a horrible abusive brother that I I hate Merle. I hate yeah, Merle Merle's so gross. Much. Merle is gross. Michael Rooker does such a good job on that character because I just I'm so excited when he's finally dead. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He's gross. Him and the governor actually, in my mind, kind of tie for grossness. Because, like, mm. the governor has had more opportunity to act on it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you know that give girl a... Give girl? Girl. Give Merle a girl. Get, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but give Merle a moment and he's going to just skeeve right out. Yeah. Yeah, he is. But, but Daryl's managed to not do that despite having having every opportunity to yeah and i just kind of want to pat him on his greasy head and And give him some dry shampoo yeah give him some dry shampoo and just be like you're great keep being great (laughs) i want to know here's my question about daryl okay he's in this zombie world right like Mm -hmm. every day is a fight for sustenance and existence Mm -hmm. and like every action matters where and when does he find the time to keep cutting his bangs he just takes a minute. He actually has Carol cut him for him. <laughs> Carol cut him? That's why. That's how they bond. That's precious. <laughs> that's actually very precious. Because, like, you know they would have grown out by now. Oh, yeah. But he just keeps on he keeps trimming them. He keeps them trimmed. Well, because he can't fire an arrow accurately if he's got this, like, curtain of hair. Well, no, but he could just not have bangs at all. Style, Jen. Like, the apocalypse happened, but you don't, like, disregard your style. That's why he's still got the leather jacket. Okay, good point. But I'm just saying maybe being an archer would be easier if you didn't have hair in your face. Because he has to blow it out of it constantly. But I think it's so he can do that sexy wink. Yeah. 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 All right, that's fair. All right, who's your first character on your list? This will also not surprise you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But my first character is Tom Bombadil. Of course. From The Lord of the Rings. I should have been able to guess that. Because I love... I love Tom mm-hmm. so much. Tom Badil. No, Tom Bombadil. <laughs> you use the his lo- full name. The look you just gave me. It's Tom Bombadil. <laughs> he, he's married to Goldberry, the river woman's daughter. Mm-hmm. And he found her when she was down bathing by the lily pads. Mm-hmm. And now they're in love. Mm-hmm. For anyone who just watched the movies and are like, what to heck? Read the book. Read the beautiful, beautiful book. Oh, that book. That book. Anyways. Skip the Council of Elrond, though. No, don't skip. Skip it. Don't skip a word. It's a million pages long, and it's so boring. I'm talking about Tom Bombadil right now. Sorry. We're off topic. (laughs) So, Tom Bombadil, first of all, whenever he speaks, it's kind of poetry. Like, Mm -hmm. it's always a little rhymey, Mm -hmm. and a bit in a kind of a meter... And all Tom Bombadil wants to do is, like, dance in his forest and Mm -hmm. be with his cool wife, who he loves, because she also loves nature. And he can talk to trees. He can sing trees to sleep. He, like, loves the river. And they even contemplate giving him the ring, because he's so good that Mm -hmm. he would never do anything bad with it. But he's so forgetful that they're like, no, he would forget about it and lose it. Yeah. Like, he would never be able to responsibly keep it. A.K.A. Tom Bombadil is my ideal version of myself. Because <laughs> he's super irresponsible. Uh-huh. So no one will give him any duties. But all he does is hang out in nature and talk to trees. Mm-hmm. And is so good that, like you said, the ring actually has no effect on him whatsoever. Yeah, he laughs at it. And they, yeah, he he puts it on, laughs at it. And everyone's like, but Sauron. <laughs> and it doesn't turn him invisible. No, he doesn't turn invisible. Because he's, he's just so good that... Yeah. I love Tom Bombadil. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my first one. All right, that's that's a good one. Thank you. I always I always forget about him. I love I'm Tom. so sorry. I forget about your favorite character. Never forget Tom again, and don't call him Tom Bombadil. I ever. I'm going to. It's Tom Bombadil. It's a term of endearment. No, I give you nicknames. Why can't I give him a nickname? Because he's too good. 
He's too good for the ring. He's too good for nicknames. No, Re- he's not. Read your second character. Um, the second one I have. Wow, actually, a lot of these are sad. Maybe I should keep them in my pockets. Maybe like you should. The, well, Tom Bombadil's not sad. Anyway, that's the true. second character I have is Lisbeth Salander from the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Wow, you liked it that much. I love Lisbeth Salander because Lisbeth Salander is like what you imagine every female vigilante to be because she just gives no fucks about messing somebody up if they've messed with her or if there's some sort of injustice and this like ties in really well with I'm gonna call it my justice kink (laughs) yikes it's not a sexual thing I do not consent to this (laughs) nameology it's not a sexual thing but just when you see someone who's so evil get brought to justice you're like yes and she doesn't abide by any of the rules that we set out for ourselves because she thinks they're all stupid because innocent people get hurt and these, like, bad guys go free. So it's just really satisfying. And then at the same time, you're like, wow, she's so she's so sad and she needs friends and has a really hard time opening up. Lisbeth Salander is my worst version of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Who, where are you on a range from Tom Bombadil to Lisbeth Salander? Salander. Sander? I don't know. I'm thinking about Bernie. Oh Anyways. Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a specific line about her I really like so much. I don't remember who says it. I think it's her boss. He's like, her whole philosophy is if someone has a gun, she's going to come back with a bigger gun. That's beautiful. And also, yes, how you live your life. Because sometimes I'll do this thing where I'll like slap Hannah really gently on the arm, like a little like whoop. And she will like full on come for you. Slap me back. Like hard. Like a hard. You're neglecting to mention the fact that you will lightly slap me like six times before I come for you. Nevertheless, this the slaps don't don't build. They're not exponential. (laughs) They do build. No, each one is separate. No, they build, which is why you get one massive slap afterwards. I didn't know you liked Girl with a Dragon Tattoo that much. I do, a lot. That makes me want to read it. Because I think I've told you before, when someone recommended it to me, they were basically like, yeah, there's tons of rape and then tons of vengeance. And I was like, great, I never want to open that book in my life. there, There is, but like, it's not... I don't, I don't know. Rape is always such a tricky thing. I don't think it's there just for the sake of having that in a book. Well, I mean, that, I, I, I believe you usually have good instincts about these things, so. Yeah. And then there's like a whole subplot in the, well, I guess it's not a subplot, but the first one's more like a whodunit type thing, and mm-hmm. then the next two are more like political intrigue, which Interesting. is right up my alley. And she's like in the center of all of it, and I love it. Yikes. Well, maybe I'll try the first one out. Okay. Plus, Rooney Mara looks so cool when she played her in the David Fincher oh, version. that's right. There's a movie. I mm-hmm. forget about these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. So good. Well, my <laughs> my second... My yeah, second, your second one. Um, is Julie from Julie of the Wolves. Okay. I've never read it. Okay. So, Julie of the Wolves, the basic, basic premise is Julie is a girl, I believe she's in... Alaska. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I read it. And she doesn't like, I think, her stepmother. And so she's like, screw this. <laughs> and goes and like walks across the tundra. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's from an Inuit village. And she just goes to walk. I, I think she's walking to maybe Fairbanks. I'm probably butchering this plot. I should have looked <laughs> this up beforehand. Research. Do your research. Whatever. Before you podcast. Um, but the most important thing is that she's out in the tundra and she is, like, starving to death and eventually meets a wolf pack. And it's the story of how this wolf pack helps her survive. Mm-hmm. And so, like, things you need to know about Julie is that she is badass mm-hmm. because she totally, like, joins this wolf pack. And, like, she notices that the little baby wolves are crawling up to the mama wolf and begging for food. Mm-hmm. And so she crawls up to the mama wolf and also begs for food. And, like, she knows she could, like, as a reader, even though it's a young adult's book, like, you're reading it and you're like, she's going to get her face bitten off because Mm -hmm. these wolves are scary and dangerous. But she doesn't. And, like, it's just her tale of resilience and then these bonding with these animals. I love Julie. And then there's some sequels. And I've read, I've read the second one. I haven't read the third one. 
Mm-hmm. So maybe I should, but I, I've been a little scared to like lose the magic. You know, you love something as a kid and then it goes yeah. away as an adult. Yeah. So I've, I've been a little nervous. Don't read it. Just preserve the magic. I will say about childhood books that you love every time i reread mr popper's penguins which is one of my favorites it's still there so maybe it'll still be there yeah there's been some i've read that i was like heck yeah this Mm -hmm. is still great some of them are on this list actually but there's also been others that you're like "Mm." like i recently reread oh man she should be on this list well i'll just add her i recently reread a book it wasn't as good as it was when i was a child but Mm -hmm. i was like i still get why my childhood self loved this Mm mm-hmm are you going to tell us? Well, I was going to wait my turn. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this next one is actually like a tie. Okay. So I I have a bunch of characters I really like from the Harry Potter universe, but I was like, I'm not going to list them all. That's ridiculous. So I narrowed it down to my top two, which was really, really hard. And I came back with Luna Lovegood and Ron Weasley. And I think that actually kind of fits because both of them are like these weirdos who don't quite fit in and sort of have their like coping mechanisms to deal with it and they're just so nice and such good friends and I honestly don't think the books would be as beautiful as they are without them because you have Luna again who has every reason to be this mean horrible spiteful person because everybody's mean to her and her mom has passed away And she has no friends, but she just decides to embrace who she is and live her life as this wonderful, like, weirdo who reads the Quibbler upside down. And it actually ends up working out for her because she does make friends eventually. And it just is a really good reminder, I think, to me that sometimes it just takes time. Hmm. Like, not everyone's going to appreciate who you are, but the people who do, like, are really great. And then in terms of Ron, he's like... If you, if you only watch the movies, you think he is this, like, obnoxious character who only shows up to provide comic relief. And Ron is actually really funny, and that's one of the reasons why I like him. But Ron is so loyal, he might actually be a Hufflepuff inside. And he, I don't know, he just does so many things wrong, but then works so hard to make up for them. And, I don't know, I just want to squish his face. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like all I'm saying is, I love them, I love them, I love them, which is why they're in my pocket, but... No, that's fair. I I get why you love Luna Lovegood. Yeah. Because you're... Are you going to call me Luna Lovegood? No, because you're a little more angry than Luna. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Thanks. Well, I'm just keeping... I'm just keeping real. I don't like that. Please don't ever say that again. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm you so sorry. You are too white to say that. I'm way too white. I am translucent. <laughs> um... You're Vladimort. I'm Vladimort. I don't really want to be in my immortal. I don't want that. I, can I remove myself from that narrative? Sure. Um, but I get why you you love Luna. And I, mm. I also get why you love Ron. Because your whole thing is like being a supporting character. Mm. And I don't mean that like you can't carry your own narrative. But you just like go into other people's lives and you sit there like, I just, I'm here. I live here now. Here I am. <laughs> I'm not leaving. And the protagonist is like, why? What if I do all of these horrible things? You're speaking to this from like your side. I'm just saying. You are. I'm just saying. <laughs> you're, I get why you love Ron Weasley. Yeah. Because you are that like the super steady friend who maybe is a bit of a doofus sometimes, but makes up for it in really big ways. Oh. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. You're like a Ron Luna. Runa. Runa. <gasps> Runa! Runa is the name of... Hannah's playing Skyrim right now. I am. Which is a childhood game I grew up loving. Like, so much to the point that... Okay, so it's sequel... Or it's pre- prequel. Two prequels back. Morrowind feels like home to me. Because yeah. I loved it so much. Um, Hannah's playing Skyrim. And her, her daughter in there is named Runa. I have logged, like, just a truly ungodly amount of hours on Skyrim. Yeah. I think it's close to 100 hours now. It's pretty intense considering we only downloaded it a little bit ago. Probably, like, two weeks ago? Yeah. It has not been that long. I just... You know when you get super immersed into something, that's all you want to do, and you have the time to do it? No, I get it. That's where I've been. Just Skyrim. And Skyrim is a game that does that. Yeah. you got to watch out for Skyrim because it honestly does that. Yeah. And we're, I'm almost at the point where I've kind of maxed out everything there is to do in the game. 
but there's two DLCs. <laughs> so come Christmas time. Yeah, I'm going to be right back in there. Which is fine. But we'll have a good delay of schoolwork and mm-hmm. intensity and then mm-hmm. come back to there's Skyrim. There's going to be all kinds of other things to do. Yeah. Such a good game, though. It's really I know great. everybody else already knows this because it came out in like 2011, and everyone has Some played people it don't, though. If you haven't played Skyrim, please play Skyrim. It's so such a good. wonderful time. I will argue that the main quest is not as interesting as some of the sub quests. I completely agree. Like, I don't care. I don't really care about um, the big surprise that the protagonist has. So I'm not going to spoil. Yeah. Just in case there is someone who hasn't played it. But, um, the the civil war type stuff and the political <laughs> shocker <laughs> yeah it's that's really interesting to me and uh the dark brotherhood has been the line i've enjoyed the most yeah yeah which is funny cuz at first you were like kind of yeah cuz i was like assassins this sounds a little bit skeevy but then my head canon my head canon sort of like shifted to be like oh these are the vigilantes of Skyrim it's also worth noting that Hannah is playing as Ibabi (laughs) one of the names for Ebony Darkness Dementia Dementia Ravenway from My Immortal people are going to think we really love My Immortal just because it comes up so often we don't we We, don't we read it together once and got tipsy while doing it i was gonna say drunk but we weren't drunk i wish we were drunk because by the end of reading the fix it's so long the the alcohol had worn off and i was not having fun anymore yeah but it was just such a terrible experience that we're like uh it's like processing it yeah yeah it's (laughs) like you keep talking about something terrible that happens so you can kind of get it Uh uh-huh so we thought it would be really funny to to play as ibabi and she's a wood elf that has actually not turned into a vampire because people in the game don't like you if you're a vampire. But maybe that's what you should do, like, as you finish. Maybe. Okay. Not, never mind. Maybe. Anyway, I think you, you were on your... Yeah. We, we went so far into Skyrim that I, I'm still... I've just been having dreams about it. Like, you're just you're, fully immersed. You're in Skyrim. <laughs> it's a thing. Okay, my next character is actually thanks to you. Oh. Yeah, and it's Ferris really? Bueller. Okay. Because I had never seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No. I had just seen, like, the jokes about it and didn't really understand it. Yeah, I would go Bueller, Bueller, and you're like, what? I did not understand it. There's a whole (laughs) series of jokes that Hannah makes that I don't realize are jokes, so I think she's just being real weird. Nope. Like that Kim Possible, when you're you're like, what's (laughs) What's the sitch? Because you never watched Kim Possible as a kid. Never. But when you, there's just a number of times where I will go, boop, 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 what's the sitch? <laughs> What's worth is usually it's when I beep, so I'll be like beep 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 beep, beep because it's something I do when I'm stressed, <laughs> like right. I'm, like all normal people do. Of they beep course, under duress. That's the thing people do. Yeah. So instead of talking about your feelings, you just go beep 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 beep, beep mm-hmm. and and then you'll be like, Nobody "What's the sitch? Listen, BB-8 does it. R two D two does it. Those are droids. A number humans. of computers do it. You're not a computer. Well, hey, you're not a robot. Hey, Marina in the diamonds. You're not a robot. Maybe I am. Maybe you're not. you don't you're know. Not. You're not the a robot. The point is, she'll Ferris, be like Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. So we watched Ferris Bueller, and now I can't stop watching it. You were in in love with that movie. I freaking love I it so really, much. I, I'm actually surprised how much you like it. You watch it so much, I'm actually sick of it. I love that. I would watch it tonight. I would Ugh. quit this podcast and watch it tonight. No. It's so good, because Ferris is such a little shit. Like, he is such a shit. He's such a shit, but he's so smart. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is what happens to smart kids, is that they're not challenged enough, so they just turn into massive shits. Mm-hmm. And, like, I love him <laughs> for it. I love him. And, like, it also makes me a little sad because there's a line in the movie where um, someone asks, what What do you think Ferris is going to do next year after he graduates from high school? And mm-hmm. his friend says, I think he's going to flip burgers or something like that. Do you remember this? No. I remember this. I feel like you're making it up. Is I'm it not. when Sloan and Cameron are talking about him? Yeah, it is. Okay. It is. And and Cameron says, I think he's going to flip burgers or I think he's going to sell cars. Something like that. Okay. And Sloan laughs, but, like, this is also kind of the truth for Ferris because he's so smart that he's, like, too clever for himself and mm-hmm. won't push himself to do smart things. And so I just love it because it's this commentary on what happens when you're able to work outside of systems. And then he does that dance mm-hmm. in the parade 
to uh, Twist and Shout. I freaking love it so much. I love Ferris. And sometimes if I'm like in an annoying situation, I'm like, what would Ferris Bueller do? How do I work my way out of this bowl? Mm. That's a good thing to think. I really love in the beginning when he says, you bend over and you lick your palms. It's a little childish and stupid. But then again, so is high school. Mm. I feel like every teenager, even now I'm like, yeah, the truth. But I feel like every teenager relates to that so hard. Yep. And I think that's something John Hughes is really good at, which is why things like 16 Candles and Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day Off are still really iconic. Oh, I love Breakfast Club. I love Breakfast Club so much. Well, it makes sense. It's a John Hughes. It's so good. I, I haven't seen 16 Candles, though. Don't. It's horrible. <laughs> I think that's what you said the last time I tried to watch it. Well, okay. The whole thing ends up being like, this girl gets forgotten on her 16th birthday and everyone's really horrible to her, but there's like a lot of sex jokes at her expense. Yikes. And there's this really like racist caricature with an Asian guy and it just, it's Yikes. not, I don't know why it's iconic. I don't like it. Anyway. All right. Um, and I don't get Breakfast Club. I think I just <gasps> saw it too late in life. No, I know, we, but we've talked about this. It's a really well-made movie and I think it's funny, but I don't. It doesn't, like, resonate with me as much as I think it would if I had seen it as a teenager. See, that's interesting because I didn't see it as a teenager. Really? Yeah, I think I first saw it when I was, like, it was when I lived here. It was when I was, like, 25. Really? Yeah. Huh. Or maybe the year before. But I was in, like, not my late 20s, but, like, I was not a teenager anymore. Uh I was well past that. I just love it because the writing's so clever and the characters are so like complex and yeah have each have their own problems and i really love character driven things like i don't need a plot oh, i just need characters sense. and there's no plot to that movie basically no, there's not and so i love it i don't but i don't understand why certain characters end up with each other in that in okay that. well i just overlook that because i think it's kind of stupid <laughs> i think that's like a tribute to it being like for not for high schoolers but like a high school movie that mm. they gravitate towards each other so i just ignore that part it's kind of like um remember that jd salinger book franny and zoe I love that you hate hate Franny and Zoe, yes. Because nothing happens in that book. Nothing They're just always in the bathtub talking. I love it. Or they're going to the diner and getting a sandwich and they talk. I love it so much. It's so great. I love it. And Breakfast Club is kind of the same way. Nothing happens. They just talk. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's probably why I don't like it. Yeah. That's kind of sad, I guess. Well, no, you just know that you like plot. More than character. <laughs> no, not more. I like it in equal amounts. Okay, I'm just saying if you had to pick one. No, I want both in equal amounts. I just don't want a plot. I'm so bored by plot. Anyways, who's your next character? Uh, get out. Who's your next get character? Out. It's Veronica Mars. Oh, <laughs> you love her. Again, I had a really hard time, like, picking between the characters of Veronica Mars. Okay, so for anyone who doesn't know, Veronica Mars is a show that was on UPN now defunct, moved over to CW uh, in the early 2000s. And it basically follows the story of this girl named Veronica who is trying to solve the murder of her best friend, Lily Kane. And I saw this when it was on air. I loved it so much. And Veronica is one of those people who actually feels real to me. Like, I know I know she's a fictional character, but... I was so involved in that world, a person experience, so involved in that world that she actually feels like a sister to me. So whenever anyone talks about the show, I have to be really careful about, like, how I emotionally respond to it. I've never actually had anyone say they didn't like it, but whenever I recommend it to people, I'm always like, if you don't like it, you need to lie to me. Because... Because I will not be able to accept the fact that you don't like this because she's so close to my heart. Because she's just, she's kind of like Ferris Bueller. She's too smart for her own good. She absolutely is. She plays outside the system. And at the same time, she's really broken and trying to figure out how to put herself back together. And doesn't always do it right. And she's, she's a really, really flawed character. There's, I can probably point out more bad things with her than good. But that's why I like her, because that makes her seem more real. And she's just really, I don't know, she's on top of it. And you know she's actually going places, because she's ambitious. Yeah, and I think the cool thing with Veronica is that she's this really great example of a woman 
operating outside of a system with like mm-hmm. networks you often see that with men but mm-hmm. usually women are disqualified from that place because those men fall in love with her yep and instead she i mean she does have romantic interests some of them are really stupid um <laughs> we won't go into that jake kane is the just the dumbest you mean duncan 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 i both all of them i don't like any of the canes um so maybe lily yeah lily lily is actually i think veronica and lily are two sides of the same coin Mm, interesting and veronica starts out as the light side of the coin and uh lily is the like shadowy side of the coin and by the time we see veronica she's kind of flipped over to that shadowy side but they're both so smart and so unwilling to like stay where other people put them yeah um and i think veronica learned a lot of that from lily to be honest that would make sense yeah but i just love that she like operates her own network yeah and and i think the cool thing too is that so you have her she has her tragic backstory and this woman she used to be well girl she used to be Mm -hmm. and then who she is now and then her ultimate evolution is not going back to who she was before the breaking Mm -hmm. happened but becoming this third like a little bit probably an, an amalgamation yeah yeah and she doesn't have a lot of Friends, sorry, that's not even what I wanted to say. You're talking about networks. Most of the people in her network are guys. Mm-hmm. And when she gets um, other girls in there, they're immediately on an equal footing. Yeah. Like, even if Veronica is smarter than the other female characters, which I'm going to argue she probably isn't. They're all smart in different ways. Um, but they're immediately on equal footing. And there's only one of them that there's kind of that, like, stereotypical cat fighty thing that goes on which they end up balancing out and fixing and even that isn't entirely romantic like, no it's not other I don't relationships think it's romantic at all it's entirely based on a friendship thing well i mean like it's not like they both like the same guy yeah it's it's there's friendship involved so it's not your typical like i like him more yeah blah, 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 blah. yeah that was a really eloquent impression so yeah there's my my fake sister, Veronica, whom I would gladly die for. <laughs> I love it. Um, my, um, the one I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the character, which is terrible, but... The book, in your pocket, but nameless. I know. But the book is called The Woman in the Walls by Patricia Kendall. Okay. Um, and it is one I reread recently and did not love. Um, Sorry, I just kicked the, the desk. <laughs> Rude. Um, you always do it when I'm talking. So you get sad. bored and you no, like, I'm not bored. You get bored and like poke things or start yawning. Anyways. No, I don't. It you do. I edited all of our podcasts the other day and you totally do. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. What a bad friend. No, you're not. You're a great you're Ron Weasley. Thanks. Um this girl, she like lives in this old mansion with her family. It's her mom and two sisters. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years earlier, her dad went missing inside the Library of Congress. Okay. And um, her mom decides she needs to go to school, even though like people often don't see her and like will sit right on her because she's so small she's and quiet. She's a Thermopolis. Yeah. Um. So her mom decides she has to go to school, mm-hmm. and she's terrified because like people will like sit on her and stuff mm-hmm. so she decides no mom and she starts building her own house within the house oh my so gosh. she like goes to closets and makes like fake backs for the closets mm-hmm. and then and like does this with rooms too and basically carves this series of tunnels throughout her house which she then moves into <laughs> and her family loses her for years while she's living inside the house and Sometimes they'll, like, talk to her and, because she was always the fix-it person in the family, Mm -hmm. um, and be like, oh, so-and-so, our sink is broken, and she'll go and fix it while they're gone. Mm -hmm. So they, like, kind of think she's alive, but they mostly think she's dead. Okay, so they think they're talking to her ghost. Yeah, basically. Okay. And she's living in the walls and loving life, having a great time. She doesn't talk to anyone, the world's biggest introvert. Um, but then she hits puberty and starts not fitting anymore. And her mom's going to get married to this guy who wants to sell the house. So she has to like confront, does she want to come out of the walls? Like how did, who does she want to be? What kind of person does she want to be? 
I loved that that book growing up because the idea of being able to like burrow mm-hmm. into a wall mm-hmm. and live in there. <laughs> There's another version of you. It's still All of our favorite to me. characters are just little pieces of ourselves. <laughs> I would still live in the walls. I've recently taken to imagining actually I can crawl inside flowers. Like okay. maybe I'll just hide inside this forsythia and oh ignore things. Did, but walls would work. Did that author get inspired by the yellow wallpaper? I don't know. I wonder. Because it sounds, it's not that, but it sounds like it could be inspired yeah, by it. Yeah, totally. I love that short story. Yeah, that's a creepy one, but so a good one. So good. I like So good. Charlotte Gilman, right? Uh, Charlotte Perkins Gilman. Perkins Gilman. There we go. And it's like not fully autobiographical because she didn't start doing that, but it's partially autobiographical. Yeah, and based on how doctors used to just tell women to rest when they mm-hmm. actually needed to like stimulate those because when she after she had her child she had uh postpartum depression and they were like just rest just rest just rest she's like no this is making me want to die more i need to get back to my writing no you're a feeble woman you can't write she did it anyway (laughs) yikes 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 Mm. i would love to see the yellow wallpaper adapted into like a really good movie right i would watch that yeah only if it was done right if you haven't read The Yellow Wallpaper, Google it. You can find it free um, yeah. on, like, Gutenberg or something. Somewhere. There's PDFs floating around everywhere, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a short read and re- really worth reading. Yeah, you might, if it, you're not, if you, if you don't usually read kind of older, more classic literature, it might be a bit of a slog, but it picks up. It does. It's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. Mm. I read that in high school, and that's, like, one of the only things that stuck with me. <laughs> do we want to do one more? Uh, sure. Oh, wow. I have so many more. I know. Oh, no, no. I, gotta, I know. I gotta pick. I know. It's hard. Oh, crap. We can always do another episode like this. We'll do a part two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go ahead and go with um, this one then. And my last one will be Coraline Jones from, from Coraline. And she's another one I just stand so hard. I love her so much. I actually have uh, a Nan Lawson art uh, not print because it's on my phone case, but it's an Ann Lawson phone case of Coraline and her cat. And she's just, again, she's just like a little, a bored little shit who gets into mischief and then ends up having this really kind of great, scary adventure. But I like Coraline kind of because she's a brat and she never really moves on from that, which I think is okay because not all kids are going to have those like grand revelations and arcs into something something different because the the story is not about her growing up per se it's about a child who comes into something horrible and manages to kick its ass yeah and snarks the whole way through and i love it and i also really love uh like a studios who uh created the movie and they also do uh kubo and the two strings and paranorman etc 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 anyway i just love that style so much and it just it fits so well with the story because it's kind of otherworldly absolutely and she's just got like the great star jumper oh i went i went british on you (laughs) you really did (laughs) do you know you you know you live in north america sometimes i forget yeah clearly (laughs) why did i do that anyway no one knows sweater pullover whatever you want to call it that thing she has the star thing and she has the cap and the ring the rain jacket and the rain boots she's got like great style and ends up being a little bit nicer to yb at the end which again Mm -hmm. i think is a thing that kids do a lot they'll hate the other kid in the room and then by some force of nature are pulled together with them and they end up getting along great so it's a great story and she's just such a wonderful little human a jamal may poem i just read was talking about i think it was jamal may it was either jamal may or michael schmelzer and i'm Mm -hmm. so sorry to whichever poet poet i'm (laughs) stealing and misattributing (laughs) your line but was talking about what do we call these childhood cruelties like these, these these cruelties we only commit in childhood and i think that's one of them is when we're uncomfortable even as children we take that uncomfortableness and we put it out on the nearest target Mm -hmm. our size usually Mm -hmm. and so kids will hate other kids 
and it has nothing to do with even like who you will become as a person right because you could grow into the most empathetic adult right and probably still at some point in your life you hated someone else Mm -hmm. for for really just your own gross feelings yeah I love Coraline for that. Yeah. Neil Gaiman does a good job writing, like, spooky, um, spooky but still fun. hmm Well, and in the book, Wipey wasn't even a character. It was just Coraline by herself. Really? I didn't remember that. Yeah. And I read the book before I saw the movie. Yeah. Wow. I just, I just, um, like. You, you did the, the full snob. I did a full, it was like a subtle brag, like, just so everybody knows. <laughs> I, I, I did not. I watched the movie before I read the book. I forgot that YB wasn't a character. He was not a character. It's probably good that they made him one. Well, and, and Neil Gaiman even said he liked that they added yeah, it, someone else. It evens it out. and Adds in, like, the friendship component. Mm-hmm. All right. It gives her something else to fight for. All right. Yeah. Well, my last one is also a young girl. Okay. And it's September from The Girl Who Circumnavigated Fairyland in a Ship of Her Own Making by Catherine Valente. Not surprised at all. I I love this book and all the books that come after it. Mm-hmm. It It is... I got it from the library one day because I saw this book that said The Girl Who Circumnavigated Fairyland in a Ship of Her Own Making. And I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> give me that book. What a long title. I'll snatch it up. And it had Circumnavigated in there. Mm-hmm. And... If you manage to put that into a Banana Grams game at some point, <gasps> I will do something for you. We've been playing Banana Grams like a lot, to the point that now whenever we play it, I try to have a theme, like whether it's animals. Really? Yeah, have you not noticed this? No. It's like <laughs> animals. I'm usually or... preoccupied with like 10,000 Zs and Xs and using <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm usually trying to theme it. So maybe right. next it'll be like Atlas themed and okay. I'll get circumnavigate in there. That would be impressive and it hard. Would. That's so many letters. Yeah, and two C's required. Anyways, um, so I picked up this book. I read it in the, the park one sunny Monday um, when I had the day off. And I just fell in love. So September sails away with the green wind from her home. And goes to Fairyland and learns that there used to be Good Queen Mallow, um, but now it's been taken over by the the Marquess, mm-hmm. and um, she ends up in this whole plot. And I, what I love the most about it, I will try not to give spoilers away, but there is a character who you think is bad, and when you understand how they came to be bad and how abuse warps a child. Um, and how wanting something so desperately can kind of change us down to our core to the point that we become almost unworthy of the thing that we wanted mm. because we want it so much and and we'll do anything to get it. Mm-hmm. It's just so impactful and I, I could never stop thinking about it. Um, that whole story just sticks with me. And then there's many sequels and I cried at the end of them and had at the, at the, when I read the final book, I had just this, such intense feeling of homesickness for my friends because the book it you just watch these friends come together and their friendship is so real and so beautiful and they just Mm -hmm. love each other for who they are Mm -hmm. that like as they're coming together you I just felt like this intense like I need to get to my friends and let them know that I love them and will always be with them Ah, oh, I just love it. I just love it so much. I can't, I just love it. I wish I hadn't forced myself to read it. Because you make it sound so beautiful, but I was so bored. Maybe you can try it again in a couple years when yeah. you're like... I think I will. I'll try maybe sometime like after I go to grad school and you go to grad school and you like miss me and you're bored. You'll be like, <laughs> where's Jen? It. And you'll read it. That's fair. And maybe you'll like it that time. That's fair. And Kat Valente... I just I just abbreviated her like we're best friends. It's okay. She abbreviates herself. <laughs> she is like a really great author, even though I didn't really like um, Girl Who Circumnavigated uh, when she wrote the refrigerator monologues. Oh man, that's good stuff. Oh man, good shit. That is some good. Those shit. stories have not left me. Bayous especially. Mm. Um, Kat Valente wrote the refrigerator monologues, which is a. Um, series of stories from women who they're, they're women who typically in comic books get killed off or for the sake of furthering the superheroes um, plot. Right. So it comes from this refrigerator trope, which is the girl chopped up and left in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And that pushes a superhero to be more of a superhero or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead it's telling these women's stories and they're so 
They're good. What's really great is each story is actually based on on a character from from a right. well-known comic franchise. And she can't use names, obviously, because she'd get sued. But it's fairly easy to figure out who is who in this. And it's it's such a good job of bringing depth to, to characters who don't get a fair shake at being involved in superheroism. Yeah, and it's coming from someone who loves comic books, so mm-hmm. it's not like this, like, screw no, she's the not, art you've done. She's not bitter about it. She's just really sad, so she gave these characters voices where they didn't have any. And it just builds on it really, mm-hmm. really wonderfully. She also, I'm really inclined towards her because she just sent me a free signed copy of her upcoming book, Glass Town Games, which mm-hmm. is not why I'm saying yeah, not any of this. Um, but I won a Twitter contest with Hannah's Beautiful, beautiful help. Couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> Literally. No problem. Um, I, ha- I haven't read that one yet. Because it's almost no, like... You're savoring it. I am. I'm scared to pick it up because like, I know I'm going to enjoy it. Because it's based mm-hmm. on the Brontes, this game they used to play as children. Um, so it's back in the Fairyland theme, um, which is my favorite of her work. Because I've read some of her adult work and it doesn't always resonate with me as strongly mm-hmm. as Fairyland does. Um, which isn't to say it's not good. Just... Not as right, um, doesn't hit as well. But this is back in the fairyland theme. I know I'm gonna <laughs> love it, so I'm like scared to read it mm-hmm. because then it will be gone. And mm-hmm. what if I don't read it at the right time? Yep, I get that. That's the same reason why I don't listen to certain music albums right when they come out because it's not the right time. That's why you still haven't watched um, Lin Manuel's Drunk History. That's right. I have not watched Lin Manuel's Drunk History because it just has to be. It has to be the like. The right time. And sometimes there is no right time. You just have to do it. But, like, with the things you know you're really going to love, you want to just... you you got to wait. you got to wait. <laughs> well, speaking of right times, it is the right time for us to sign off. Is it? It is. All right. That was a good segue. It, I like that. Thank you. Thank that. you. It's a transition. <laughs> I get... That's an English term. Man, I lost myself. <laughs> you, you I did it, the segue and, you, and I lost fell it. right off the cliff. Thank you so much for tuning in to Midnight Nonsense tonight. Mm -hmm. We will be back next week. We will. And hopefully not in quite as weird of a mood. No more Cooter Gates. And maybe we'll talk about some more of our favorite characters sometime. Because we did not get through. I didn't get through half of my list. Nope. There's so many (laughs) many more. more. And as we were talking, I came up with more. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it for us. We'll see you next week. Have a great night.